Are we live? Are we live from Moscow? I think we are live. Hello everyone. Bitcoiners, pre-coiners, no-coiners, and new-coiners, welcome to Swan Lounge, a special 1952 edition. This is a show in which you get to hang out with your comrades from the exciting world of Bitcoin. Now, before we dive in, we are giving away comrade Jan Pritzker's book, Inventing Bitcoin for free, no rubles required. You can get the free book by going to swanbitcoin.com slash free book. Jan Pritzker, very good Russian guy, wrote a great book. Uh, you can get the book as uh, in three different formats, ebook, mp3, uh, one of them read by Guy Swan over at Bitcoin Audible. Uh, we just ask that you share the book with more comrades. We try to make many Bitcoin comrades here. Uh, and to all the Swan Force members out there, remember to look in your dashboard. You can uh, find the link to share the book with your friends. And uh, when they sign up and start stacking sets with Swan, you will get the referral credit. Uh, and if you are not signed up for Swan Force yet, uh, what are you doing, Tavarish? You're being a very bad comrade. Go sign up at swanbitcoin.com slash enlist and get paid in Bitcoin uh, to recruit new Bitcoin comrades. That's swanbitcoin.com slash enlist. Uh, make sure also watch to the end of the episode. Uh, we have a special segment as usual called Swan Force Friday, where we will put our guests on the spot and give them 60 seconds to give us their best Bitcoin pitch. Um, I'd also like to welcome anyone who's new to the show. Welcome. Uh, this is your first time watching Swan Lounge. You must be very, very confused by by this potato who is the host of the show. Um, that's all I've got. I'm not going to tell you why I'm a potato just yet. We will get to that. Um, but what is this show? It's Swan Lounge. We lounge every Friday. Uh, we catch up with our friends. Uh, and it is a, pro a production of Swan Bitcoin. And what is Swan Bitcoin, you may ask? Well, uh, Swan Bitcoin is, is the easiest and best way to take control of your future. To buy Bitcoin in the United States, you can do so at swanbitcoin.com. Also, your first buy is on us. You sign up today and you'll get $10 of free Bitcoin. We are live in all 50 of the United States uh, and territories, including Puerto Rico. Uh, we also offer recurring buys, instant buys, and we recently launched Swan Private for corporations and high net worth individuals. If you're interested in those services, please go to swanbitcoin.com private. Now, before I bring in our guests, one last thing. Um, please hit that like button. It's right there. You know where. To, I, I would point at it, but I have no arms and no, no fingers. I'm just a floating potato in, in red square. So I, I, you'll have to find the like button on your own. So hit like, hit subscribe. You help us gr grow the channel. You help us get seen on YouTube and spread the good word about Bitcoin. Um, and now... Without any further ado, I think it is time to bring in the guests. Uh, we've got some, we've got some good ones today. Some very good guests. I'm very excited. We have uh, Mr. John Vallis. Let me bring him in. We've got Zane Pocock. We've got Brandon Quitum. We have Camilla, uh, Russian Camilla, today, and we have Comrade Brady. Um, hold on one second. It's very hard to use keyboard with no arms. Uh, where do I do this? How do I bring everybody in? Um, and ah, yes, there we go. Welcome, everybody. How are you today? Hello, hello. Yo, yo. Doing well, uh, Comrade Brecky. 
Yes, I, I, I think it is time I, I switch. I'm, I'm a little sick and tired of being potato. Uh, much better, much better. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, we... <laughs> that was the best opening you've done so far, Brecky. Nothing oh, else. Yeah. Well, thank you. That was like, that was like SNL worthy. I, uh, I did spend a fair amount of time in Russia. I lived there for six months. I speak a little bit of Russian. So it is uh, not that hard to, to turn the accent on. Um, but uh, can someone here give us a little rundown of why I, I, I was a potato just now about the what actually went down yesterday? And then we can uh, make fun of some blue check marks, perhaps. President Putin sent us on a very important mission. We... Um, Delivered a new spy device by a company called CoinKite. And uh, complete success. Jack Dorsey now has the device in his home and does not even know it's behind his shoulder. <laughs> it tells us the time in Russia. Moscow time. Yes. Moscow time. So from what I can tell, there was a uh, Jack had a, had, a, had a block clock in the background behind him. Uh, during a Zoom call or something like that. And it said 1952 on there. And uh, who is this guy? Brady, do you have the tweet that we can maybe we can bring it up and uh, show the folks at home what uh, what went down? Yes. How's the, uh, the chat looking these days, too? What's up? We got people in the chat. Nice hat trick. Okay, here's the tweet. Uh, okay, so this guy, Chris Vickery, by the way, this guy has 50,000 followers, so just keep that in mind as we go down this. Uh, he bills himself as uh, some kind of security expert, uh, data breach hunter, director of cyber risk research at UpGuard. Very, very important person. He says, what time zone is Jack in right now? That clock says 1952, right? Here in California, it is 9.52 a.m. currently, but definitely not 19.52, which would be 7.52 in military time format. <laughs> now, our, our friends uh, you know, here were very kind to point out, oh, look, it's a block clock. Uh, so, you know, just go shats per USD. Look, we all have these things. It's, it's, a, it's a block clock. It's a Bitcoin thing. Uh, and he was like, no, uh, I don't buy it. Where's the tweet where he said, uh, he, uh, he looks up the block clock, uh, uh, description, product description. And, uh, he says, <laughs> he says, no, it can show the time. Uh, and, and he's, he's like, uh, he's like this, this thread has turned into a, uh, a, uh, a, 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 a basically, a uh, referendum on people who can't understand the difference between uh, something that is actually true or definite and probable. Uh, so, right. Th yeah, there's, okay, it's hilarious. So any, anyway, he follows up here and he's like, the answer is Moscow. <laughs> Jack is displaying a clock in his background set to Moscow time. However, Jack is not currently in Moscow because the sun is already set in Moscow. He's blinking in Morse code to us. Please pick up on this. The clock is set to Moscow time. Uh, this is all very, very uh, serious. And he is here it is. He is not kidding. All right. The naysayers need to slow their roll. You're steamrolling past the fact that this clock is entirely capable of functioning as a regular clock. Check out the product page. Set your time zone so the local times are shown correctly. It doesn't say anything about changing 
your uh, your, your whatever. It, it it doesn't even show up that way. <laughs> Everyone's like, "What's going on here? We don't understand." Uh, it was it was an, it was the it was the gift that kept on giving yesterday. <laughs> Wait, is there an Obi Wan filter? Oh, here, here it is. Here it is. This has unintentionally turned into a 100% awesome litmus test for discovering and blocking people who lack the mental capacity to comprehend the difference between possible and definite. <laughs> there it is. Uh, so that's that's a summary. Uh, what happened there? Yeah, John. What did you I, think of uh, of that whole thing? <laughs> Well, I mean, dude was hilarious, but I thought the um, the coolest part about that was like, obviously that was intentional, you know, like you are aware of your background when you're going to testify before Congress or whatever he was doing. And it was, you know, perfectly situated to be seen right next to his shoulder. So that was the message, you know, not wh whatever the dude was suggesting, like Jack is sending a message from Russian spies or whatever the hell the what he was getting on with was. But, you know, he was showcasing his you know he was promoting bitcoin he was uh getting it on the on the record like that was the real wink to all of us really not to you know russians or whoever else might be uh suspected of exactly. uh, plots against america <laughs> yeah the best part about that was the the setting he had it on which was sats per dollar which is a slap in the face to the people uh, on the other end of that video stream. And so, yeah, what a beautiful subliminal message, just not in the same way that our, our friend paranoid Sherlock Holmes um, had and, and thought it was. Paranoid Sherlock Holmes. I like this. Sherlock, I feel like Sherlock Holmes is already pretty paranoid. So to call someone uh, paranoid Sherlock Holmes, right, hold on. We can, we can go with that. Fair yeah. enough. Yes. Right? Having fun with these things. <laughs> Sherlock, I no, it's not good. Yeah, John, you make a you make a really good point. This is this that was the real uh, message, you know, directly to Congress. Although, you know, I, there are a few Congress people who might have understood what that was. I wonder if Warren Davidson has a block clock. I'm pretty sure Cynthia Lummis probably has one, uh, and. Yeah, so it, this is Jack Dorsey just signaling to the world again, once again, uh, you know, Bitcoin. Bitcoin, it's like his profile, Twitter profile, one single word. Uh, it's beautiful to see. And, what, you know, how cool for Rodolfo and CoinKite. Like, I was super happy for them that they got that kind of product placement. It made me FOMO in yesterday. I've been meaning to get one for a long time. And I, uh, I felt like that, you know, it was just, you know, the universe saying, hey, you know, it's, it's time. It's time to pull the trigger. Got to get that done. It's one yeah, of those three had a busy day yesterday. Yeah. Or today or since yesterday. Yeah. It would be super yeah. interesting to see how many more people buy that clock just because of Twitter yesterday. Like, it's the same for me, Brady. I don't have one yet. And it, I was just looking at the whole thread and I was like, oh my gosh, how do I not have one yet? This is insane. Am I a real <laughs> What is this? <laughs> It's one of those products. It's like, you know, you always as a Bitcoiner make that uh, that call, like, should I buy Bitcoin with this money? Should I spend it on something? And a block clock, I will say, as, as a proud owner of a block clock, is is beyond worth it. It's It helps me think in sats. You know, it, it's beautiful. It's one of those things I'm, I'm going to have for the rest of my life, hopefully. So it's, uh, it's worth the sats. 
in other news, and Stacey finally figured out how to set it up also. So it was like a total win yesterday <laughs> for block clocks. <laughs> I sent them instructions after they were on our show, and hopefully, I guess they did it. So maybe they hit a Rodolfo. Did, anybody did else it hit a- like the, the broader world? Like, did any of the other media pick up on like, what the hell is wrong with that clock behind Jack in, in, in Congress? Or was it just uh, ParanoidShow.com? Gizmodo picked it up, right? Yeah. I think a headline was Jack Dorsey really wants you to know he owns Bitcoin or something like that. Okay. Which we all know already, but and there was an amazing uh, line in that article from Gizmodo where they were essentially mocking the product, and they go, "If anyone's you know crazy enough to want this thing, you can buy it right here." And of course, Rodolfo <laughs> screenshotted that and puts it out there, and another just epic backfire from the outsiders. It's honestly. It's like Bitcoiners performing nothing this guerrilla warfare. Mm-hmm. Sorry? I was just saying, it's nothing but backfires. I mean, that's the magic of Bitcoin, right? Like, it all just bounces 100%. off it. Yeah, and it's, there's this asymmetry because we don't have the, the power source. We don't own the media. We don't own the government, the men with guns. So we fight on the internet with guerrilla warfare, and we're just better at that than all the institutions. And so when they try to come at us and make fun of laser eyes, like they don't actually understand why we like it or why it's important. And yeah, it's just a beautiful thing. I love it. It's true. Um, before we move on, by the way, I think we should uh, go around, introduce ourselves. We kind of dove right into the 1952 business. Uh, John, for the people who don't know you, could you could you share a little bit about who you are and why you love Bitcoin and then we'll move on to Zane, who is a, a newcomer on the show and uh, we'll, we'll hear his story. Well, I'll be quick. It's always fun to jam with you guys. I host the Bitcoin Rapid Fire podcast, and uh, I love Bitcoin because it's about freedom and sovereignty and responsibility. And I think uh, a whole new beautiful world is going to be built off the back of individuals transforming transforming into sovereign individuals. And uh, that's what I'm here to explore and share and be a part of. Be right yeah. back. We are at stacking sets. You gonna go stack sats right now? Really? Stacking sets. John inspires me, man. It's my favorite Bitcoin um, podcast. I've been telling John this for years, haven't I, John? I don't just say this public, uh, like you, out loud. You know, I've been, you have. I'm not. Sure, I'm not sure I believe you, but you've been saying it. So it's true. I don't say this to all the podcasters. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm having too much too much fun with these filters, man. This is, this is Zane Pocock. Tell us about yourself, Zane. Um, Well, I'm on the Swan team these days. Um, But uh, I had a bit of a long and winding road to Bitcoin like everyone else. Um, Sort of started off starting to pay attention to it uh, in a journalist's perspective back in like 2013 or so. I had this this interest in... um, you know, disparate things that I hadn't really pieced together yet. Like I was, I was really interested in what was happening with Occupy Wall Street. I was really interested in what was happening with the so-called deep web and um, sort of started to play around with trying to get into Bitcoin. But um, I was based in New Zealand. It was almost impossible to send money to Mt. Gox and uh, finally managed to get back into it properly in 2016. So um, that's my background. I'm, I'm obsessed with the information theory of Bitcoin. It's, that's where I really get into it is um, questioning whether it's even money. Wait, I would like a short pitch on what that is. I don't yeah. think you can let that one slide. Yeah, <laughs> you up there now. <laughs> um, 
Well, it's, it's, it's that point that, uh, you know, Bitcoin is, is just a, a communication protocol um, on the internet. And if you think about how basically any sort of economic function happens or, or just even the universe in general, I mean, it's, it's all just energy uh, and energy arranged in a particular way creates information. And so we've got to this interesting point with the, the Bitcoin protocol that you can um, transfer any activity that's sort of happening uh, in one place in relation to, to other things, uh, you know, through this purely uh, information-based paradigm. So it's like if, if, if you like look at email and you say, oh, well, email's just, um, email's just a digital version of the mail, like you're totally missing the point. It's not the mail. Um, it, it's SMTP. Um, and yeah, it's got some mail-like properties, like you've got a sender and a receiver and some content, maybe even a signature. Um, but, you know, it's not mail, is it? Like we don't have to go to the post shop and, and get a stamp to, to send an email. Uh, and so sometimes I wonder whether, whether we do ourselves a disservice by describing Bitcoin as money. It's kind of that render unto Caesar what is his idea. Um, it's like it doesn't have Caesar's head stamped on it. Um, and we, we're just transferring that value uh, in, a, in a communication medium. Uh, and so, you know, why would we describe it as digital money? It's, it's something else entirely. I was listening to, um, I haven't finished it yet, but Marty's pod with Paul from uh, Sphinx Chat. And that was just blowing my mind thinking about how, you know, where you, with Sphinx at least, you're using a, a value transfer protocol to, to send text, right? Whereas before, like a lot of, um, you know, apps try to do it the opposite way. Like, oh, it's, they use text protocols to, and then they're going to tack on value there. But like, you're right. Like Bitcoin is, is something that it's beyond the scope of what we know. So we, we're trying to put it into a box all the time so that we can understand it. But it's, it's, it's galaxy brain. All right. It's, uh, hold on. I've got a, uh, it's crazy. All right. It's crazy. <laughs> Brandon, you you look like you've got something to add there or, que- or some questions for, for Mr. Zane. I can see them percolating. Uh, not really. I, I like how we described it. I, I agree that I think that's sort of an understudied aspect here. And I like this point about how mail um, analog mail and, and digital mail, we sort of use those brute, brute analogies because they're easy, but really the new technology is uh, encompasses the old technology and it expands the market into something entirely new and different. And I think that's kind of a cool thing with Bitcoin where we have to use these rudimentary analogies like digital gold or even money. And that, that's not enough, right? That, that's the easy ones. We're going to do those things. But now as technology sort of bumps into humans and we start figuring out how to use it, what does this actually mean? You know, kind of on the edge of the network, maybe Sphinx Chat would be an example of this. Um, now, all of a sudden, we start to learn more about what this thing actually is. And I, I want to tie this into John's work with regards to sort of orange pilling or at least um, luring down these intellectuals like the Jordan Petersons of the world, because what they do is they come in with their own separate set of knowledge and understanding. They bump into Bitcoin. They, they use their own words, their own experience to describe it. And, you know, they might wrestle with this a little bit. It might get heated. But the net of that is that we have new language, new framing, new understanding of this thing, which actually enriches the existing uh, Bitcoin base. And so we all benefit from that. And in a way, we're kind of discovering uh, where this thing's going to go. And yeah, it's very exciting. Um, you think you know what it is. And then you listen to Sphinx chat and you're like, OK, it's bigger than I thought. And that happens all the time. <laughs> it does. 
All right. I mean, you know, you're, you're, you're the, you're an example yourself, Brandon. I mean, with the mycelium series, uh, which really captivated me a couple of years ago. And, uh, it's just, you know, so many different metaphors for Bitcoin and people bring from their various disciplines, bring to bear their ideas uh, on Bitcoin. And it really just uh, gives us another way to think about it. It gives us a kind of a, a deeper understanding uh, of Bitcoin. And it's really sort of launched this philosophical age of Bitcoin. Uh, and people are starting to get really deep uh, into, and I think these sorts of writings and people coming from different disciplines and, and into Bitcoin help help uh, create this canon of Bitcoin philosophy, right? Uh, and it's it's just fascinating to watch. And it hasn't really didn't really start happening until the last couple of years. Uh, so you know we have this new sort of set of literature that is really helping people understand Bitcoin and somebody, you know, comes in from different spaces. Um, you know, a couple of guys like, uh, Eric Weinstein has come in and try to apply his gauge theory and understanding of, of physics to Bitcoin. And he's, you know, I think certainly willing to listen and have those conversations. And I hope he does, uh, in a forum other than clubhouse or Twitter, <laughs> which is hard to have those discussions. Um, and Jordan Peterson too, of course. And and John, I'd love to hear you, you know, talk a little bit about. I think we did. Did we talk about this already on Swan Land or Swan Signal? I guess we did. But uh, we can you can mention a little bit here too. Uh, are you have you been talking to to Jordan Peterson about coming on to Bitcoin Rapid Fire and having that discussion with you guys? Uh, we've been there's been discussions, but I I'm gonna stay tight-lipped about it until uh until things actually happen but um course, yeah. hopefully hopefully there will be some kind of a discussion with uh with some of us in, in the not too distant future but i mean i basically just agree you know for what zane was saying and with brandon like and this is why rob breed loves the new podcast is so great because he asked the big question what is money like i agree that what bitcoin is is not what we formally understood money to be and it's very narrow rudimentary capacity and so now this entire universe of capability for money has opened up and now we're tasked with asking and answering the question like into which domains can it be pushed you know what i mean like how can we squeeze what this thing is into amplifying or improving a variety of different areas of our life whether that be value exchange for service or goods with another person or whether that be you know, bringing a value aspect to communications in order to in increase their fidelity or to, you know, remove the, the possibility of spam or for all of those sort of things. So money now becomes not just for exchange, but, you know, it, 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 it helps repackage so many different things. And like, you know, maybe one of the definitions of money is like the thing that mediates your relationship the time. And as a result, you know, your relationship to future you, whether that's through communication or whether that's through saving or whether that's through exchange for various things. So, you know, that's why we're all here. Right. And that's why we're all laser eyed and bug eyed all the time, because, you know, it's hard to, it's hard to settle your brain when you're thinking about like what this thing can be. And, and we all try to keep up to date on all the great thinkers in the space that are talking about this stuff. And, and, you know, the last point on Peterson, like who knows where he'll come at it. I think he's, more humble than some of the other academics that have dipped their toes in the space and, and been chased out rather quickly or rather sought the exits rather quickly. Mm -hmm. Um, so I think he'll be, you know, if a conversation happens, I can't wait to 
uh, help facilitate his understanding, but more importantly, get his own mind, like orange, get the orange in his mind and see what it spits out. Because with his whole understanding of psychology and mythology and philosophy and the quote unquote nature of reality, I'm really excited to see what he thinks this thing is in that context. Mm-hmm. Hey, Brandon, have, has your uh, assessment of uh, where we stand in terms of the turnings adjusted at all in the last uh, last month? Uh, not really. Honestly, I think everything's playing out more or less exactly how I thought about it about, I don't know, what was that, six months ago, maybe four months ago, whatever, when I published that. Mm-hmm. Um, no, it, honestly, exactly as planned. I, I think there's still some moving pieces, some still question marks. I don't know where we're going to ramp up on a climax. I think that's still the biggest question mark, but it, it feels like we're still heating up or increasing volatility. And so, yeah, I mean, <laughs> things are going. I'm still I'm still preparing in the way that I wrote at the end of the article, um, which is be uncancelable, minimize debt, own Bitcoin, you know, be flexible with where you live, have a backup plan, you know, check in with friends and family, essentially just make yourself anti-fragile, anticipating a period of volatility. And so, yeah, nothing really changed. That's fair. All right. I feel like just shaming you guys for not having laser eyes, to be honest. We, they tried. They tried. The others. Oh, okay. That's actually <laughs> a fantastic shirt. Oh, that's wonderful. That was a quick turnaround, man. My wife cannot believe how many uh, stupid black Bitcoin t-shirts I own. Uh, they just keep coming in the mail. All, all the Bitcoin t-shirt creators keep them coming. I will continue to buy them when I see them on the spot. But maybe maybe not just offer the black one, maybe offer it one other color. Um, you got to <laughs> diversify your Bitcoin t-shirt collection a little bit. Uh. <laughs> I'm waiting on uh, on some orange pill merch, actually. I think I might be one of the first people to buy it, but... Uh, I did some fun, fun, funny stuff, and Zane's been helping as well. So that'll be kind of cool to see it take off. What do you guys think about the laser eyes? What do you think about you know Bitcoin, uh, Bitcoiners, and the accusation that this is a cult? And uh, there's there was somebody who came out. Who was it? He was a somewhat influential person that uh, was comparing Bitcoiners to QAnon <laughs> recently. Which, we got fun though. We Mike Green. Mike Green. Was it Mike Green who did that? He, he also did that if someone else did, but that guy is a piece of work. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, this is interesting. I, I feel like this is a line of attack uh, that will be brought, brought out. Uh, I think somebody, I think it was maybe VJ Boyapati, or no, it was Pierre Rochard who tweeted yesterday, look, I think there's two main lines of attack. One is the one Pierre, Roche, uh, Pierre tweeted yesterday, which was that once Ethereum moves to proof of stake, that they will have a coordinated marketing effort and 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 uh, attack against Bitcoin on the energy front, and that is such easy fud for everyone to swallow, right? Yeah. They just don't even think about it. All you need to do is see one image of like a Bitcoin mine, and that's it. Like that's all it takes, and people will question it uh, beyond your capacity to you know try to push back with some. Uh, you know, informed opinion or informed ideas, right? Uh, so I think that's going to be a big one that we're going to be facing soon. And well, maybe not soon. It depends on how long it takes <laughs> for Ethereum to move. To if that ever happens. Uh, but but the second is, I think that 
this Bitcoiners as a cult uh, and, you know, some something that you can't trust and should be just dismissed as as crazy people is something that will gain traction. And, you know, everyone having laser eyes on Twitter and, and the memes that we spread around and stuff have this, you know, like that sort of lens. Uh, some fodder to those arguments and people take a look and they're like, Oh, there's just, they're these religious nuts. Um, what do you guys think about that idea? Do you think uh, we double down on that uh, aspect of, of the Bitcoin community? Or do you think it might be time since Bitcoin is going more mainstream to sort of play those PR games? Real quick. I, th I think we need to differentiate between, you know, something being good or bad for Bitcoin and then good or bad for Bit Bitcoiners. Like, I don't think any of this FUD, I don't think laser eye, nothing, none of these things are going to affect Bitcoin's ongoing progress and, you know, the security of the network. Like Bitcoin's fine. Bitcoin doesn't even know we have laser eyes, doesn't care. But <laughs> the question, like something I, you know, I care about passionately, which well, Bitcoin is fun. <laughs> Bitcoin knows all. Yeah. Um, but is onboarding people, you know, like if laser eyes are going to scare away a couple of people who are no coiners or pre coiners who, you know, might have gotten on the, the bandwagon and benefited from Bitcoin, had they not seen the laser eyes, then I might rethink it. You know, like I care more about making new Bitcoiners than I do about having laser eyes. So see, I'm, I'm a, a bit of a different mind about that. And Brecky, a second ago, you were like, it's got to be fun. And I totally agree. Like what's a big hairy revolution without some fun. Right. So that's kind of number one, but if, if, if people get turned away from what this is because they see some people with laser eyes in their Twitter profile and they're a little bit, you know, uh, a little bit hard in the paint on Twitter, I don't have much sympathy for you. Like, if that's what all it takes for you to swerve on, on mm -hmm. understanding what's going on here, then I, I kind of more like, yeah, I'm going to hang out with my homies that got the laser eyes and you can do your thing. And <laughs> we'll see how that plays out. Everyone gets Bitcoin at the price they deserve. Yeah. And if, if, if laser eyes, you know, cost you, uh, you know, a couple hundred grand and haircut on your, on your Bitcoin holdings, then I guess, uh, you know, you deserve it. Right. <laughs> I have a little confession to make with laser eyes. When I first got them, I was like, I wonder what my mom is going to think. Then she's now <laughs> into Bitcoin and, you know, religious. And the first time she saw laser eyes was actually on Clubhouse when everyone also have laser eyes. <laughs> I was just like, well, she, thought, she sees that I have laser eyes. I wonder what she's going to say. And she, the first thing that she said to me was, how do I get laser eyes also? <laughs> I expected. And so I was like, okay, yes, this, this is it. Let's, let's keep going. It's like John says, if it's going to scare some people away, they're not ready. And I have no We eyes, we cans. They go together. Exactly. <laughs> Zane or Brandon, do you have any thoughts on that? Sure. Yeah, I can jump in. So obviously laser eyes is uh, social signaling, right? We're signaling that we are a part of the in-group and that's an evolutionary biological thing that we do. And by having laser eyes, um, it's actually a costly behavior outside of the group. People think you're crazy and you're weird. So we pay that cost on the out-group, which in turn gains us respect in the in-group. Right. So yep. that's the tribal thing happening. The clearest day it happens all over the world all the time. Um, and, you know, Cynthia Loomis, for example, she put up laser eyes for a day. Um, did she do that to uh, convince her senator friends about Bitcoin? Hell no. She yeah. just gave a nod to the homies saying, I'm with you guys on this one. 
right? Same with Jack in the block clock. Jack drops all these little subtle hints. Um, his position prevents him from kind of being as publicly obnoxious as we are. Great. So yes, Bitcoin is culty, um, but so is CrossFit, yoga, keto, your favorite sports teams, fans, right? Humans just do this. And we do this with things that we care about. And so uh, I'll use Raul Paul's example. He's like, why are you guys getting so emotional about an investment? Right. And it would be weird if you saw Apple fanboys going this hard, but we don't see this as simply as an investment. This is the implementation of a socio-political ideal that we hold true or valuable. And Bitcoin is just the method upon which to achieve that. And so the guys who, who get tangled up in laser eyes and saying, why are you emotional? They're so far from understanding what's going on here. And that, that's okay, right? We should just be able to laugh at them and not get triggered, which is hard for me to do sometimes. However, <laughs> it's a process. Like we all went through this process. I remember bumping into Bitcoin Twitter in 2017. I first ran into uh, Kevin Pham. I'll never forget this. He was just the most obnoxious douchebag I've ever seen in my life on Twitter. Positioning well, yeah. Bitcoin. I mean, he is generally, but he was also pitching Bitcoin in this way. And I was at the time like, I don't, I think Bitcoin's a dinosaur. And so I empathize with people who are kind of like knee deep, right? They know enough to uh, get themselves in trouble, but they don't know enough to actually see the whole picture. And so, yeah, it's, it's everywhere. It's all around us. And so um, let, let's just let humans be humans. We can have fun. And la lastly, with regards to the ETH folks. So let's say they transition to proof of stake successfully. Um, let's give them the credit that they will. I think it's a very, very high likelihood that they will come after proof of work on the environmental front yep. um, disingenuously. I think that's almost a guarantee. Uh, many of them already do, uh, including Vitalik. And so I'm not sure what the right approach is to get this point across, but I think the environmental one is actually really important because uh, the truth is closer to Bitcoin's perspective than what the eco-socialists had to say. However, the narrative and the perception is what really matters here. And so, and young people give a shit about this more than anything. And so I'm not sure the path, but I think we do need to, um, I don't know if it's go on the offensive or what, but like communicate this message better. I think that is important. We, uh, this might be a good time to discuss yeah, what Camilla and I did yesterday. Um, wait, wait, so, Zane. I want to hear Zane. Zane yeah, yeah. Uh, has an opinion on this topic. I, I can be super brief. I think screw it and double down on the in-group signaling. Um, I, th yeah. I think, um, you know, a lot of the, I mean, thank God for Bitcoin because I don't have to pay much attention to it anymore. But I think a lot of the reason why you have a lot of political bullshit these days is people really want to deny what humans are. And um, fuck it, we're tribal. Um, we have in-group preference. And I'm gonna I'm gonna show that I'm part of my group. I, I don't care um, if it scares people off. That's like might even be a good function. Yeah, fair enough. Freaks fair together man. strong. Freaks together strong. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm with you all. I'm with you all uh, on that. And uh, it was that was a great breakdown, Brandon. And yeah, I, I mean, I've, obviously, I have laser eyes on right now, uh, and I, I, I'm falling on the on the side of doubling down on this tribal and group. Uh, signaling, and I think it's important. I mean, still, uh, we have we have this thing to protect, right? This is why this has always been my kind of understanding—not always, but my eventual understanding of of toxicity in Bitcoin, and why I think it's okay uh, and, and a good thing, and uh, you know, to a certain extent, right? Like ad hominem is not awesome, but uh, you know, talking to and, and calling out, you know, scammers is absolutely important. This is there's a, so much at stake here. This is 
global money. This is taking back our freedom, our, our sovereignty, and fixing the price signals in an economy which will allow us to, you know, bir give birth to a, a Bitcoin renaissance. That's massive. Not to mention people losing massive amounts of wealth or the opportunity to grow it, right? Uh, by falling prey to these shitcoin scams. And so it is imperative upon us really to call these people out. And if it happens in a way that's like, you know, off-putting to some people, that's fine. A lot of people have to have to hear it that way, right? And that's not always my style, but I'm going to call these people out, no doubt. Um, I think it's also important for us to have this kind of tribal mentality to protect this thing, right? Like this is, it's a small group, right? And we're all dedicated here spending all, you know, so much time on trying to prevent people from getting scammed and teach people what's going on here to try to get them into Bitcoin, this revolution, you know, earlier than later and, and give them good information and, and the truth as we see it. And that's absolutely important thing. And if we have to like suffer through bear markets and with, uh, you know, with memes and keep us together with memes and, and uh, signal to each other that we're, you know, here during these terrible crashes to 50K <laughs> together, that's what we have to do. There's, I mean, I think you're right, Brady. And what a lot of people don't think about is, is there's a difference between good toxicity and bad toxicity, right? Like, you know, going after a person, you know, ad hominem in attacks, like you said, you know, it doesn't make sense. Like, I, I really, I cringe every time I see a Bitcoiner who's like actively being mean on Twitter for no reason. Um, you know, if your argument is sound, you know, be polite and it'll speak it'll, it'll go much, much further than, you know, just being an asshole. Like, don't be an asshole. Be, the, be right. Being right is way better. So, yeah. And that, I, but that, 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 go ahead. Sorry. I was just gonna say that that does obviously characterize most of the discourse, right? Like anytime someone comes in and Bitcoiners jump on them, like there's all this playful poking, which should be par for the course in any dynamic, whether in meat space or online, but you know, it's very much like I'm here to test my truth as my, I'm here to see what you bring to the table. Let's see if you can actually challenge me in, on whatever, you know, issue it is we're addressing. And I think the culture today is so used to being politically correct and not staying away from certain taboo topics and ways of, of speaking and stuff like that, that people are just so not used to just kind of bare truth, trying to figure itself out, trying to refine itself and us being kind of, uh, you know, instruments of discovering truth of, of various kinds and people come in and they expect their their credentials to be respected or their status or their popularity or their fame or whatever and this whole space is about like fuck all that let's see who you are as a person how you conduct yourself and let's see what the quality of your ideas are and if you can't handle that and a little bit of fun that comes with you know being excited about a monumental change that is so hopeful for the future you know, then you're not ready for it. As Camilla said already, like it's, you know, it's, it's not on us. It's on you. You, you haven't opened yourself enough to have this discussion yet. Yep. Yep. Here, here. Yeah. I mean, it's, it is revolutionary at the end of the day. And I think a lot of people step away from talking about this too much, but I mean, we're coming at the king. Um, and if that's too much for people, then uh, maybe you should stay back for a little bit. Yeah. Morale is important when you're fighting a decades-long battle against the, you know, the greatest force for control and you know, on on the earth. Yeah, I'm ready. 
I'm ready. We've got this. And you know, the, the, another point is just like, we're not really deciding a lot of this. This is emergent behavior coming through like this collective of people coming together. Like we're riding the wave more so than we are like dictating its height or, or anything. Right. So like the tribal behavior that emerges and all that stuff is a manifestation of the circumstance that we find ourselves in, which is both again, who we are and what the circumstance and the environment is. So Brady, as you say, like, we're, we're, we're coming at the king. This is a monumental revolutionary shift that's happening. And if we make the decision in our minds, like, yeah, we're for that change, then we're going to ex- experience all these different changes and behaviors that are not necessarily conscious, but that are just, you know, uh, that are subconscious or default to make us most uh, able to, to fight and win that battle and, and be cohesive and, and uh, develop relationships with everyone else who's doing the same. See, this goes back to what I was talking about before, like people versus the network. You know, like I personally, I think that this battle going up against the king, I think the win for us is inevitable. There's very little I think that could that could, you know, that could cause a loss on our side of things. Right. But what I'm focused on and what I think a lot what a lot of the the, like toxic plebs do and what I hope they care about is making sure that as many people are on the winning side as possible, not the losing side. You know, we, they can get on this side or way earlier than they have to. You know, they don't have to stick it out on the fiat side till the end of the war. Um, so I don't know. Yeah, kind of rescuing them from East Berlin, right? Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. So we are already on the lifeboat. We just want more people to jump in with us. That's mm-hmm. that's what we care about. So that's the punchline. Yeah. And I, you know, there's been a lot of, as this amorphous blob of freedom grows, you know, like it's obviously knocking on the door of more people. And lately there's been a lot of like mainstream intellectual people, like the ones mentioned already, like Weinstein and Friedman and stuff that are kind of knocking on the door and and dipping their toes in the water. And then you turn around and you see like that all these people from the community that yes, they can, they can poke, but they're not doing ad hominem. They're not unnecessarily harassing they're being blocked by these people, which to me just speaks to what I said earlier. It's like, you clearly don't care enough about the truth. If you're going to block somebody for that, like in, in, in my opinion, like I block people if they're like obviously overtly harassing me, like threatening me or they're scammers, like with, you know, ICOs or whatever bullshit. But if you just have a difference of opinion and you're challenging me on a particular aspect of that, that's fair play. And to see, to see these guys that are supposedly, you know, the bright academic free thinking minds of our time to, sh- to be blocking people in this space for like the basically no reason. Yep. It's just indicative to me that, that, that they're not actually as concerned with truth as they might claim to be. 100%. I got a block from Lex and Nassim Taleb this past month. And I was engaging in good faith on both, both times, absolutely polite, just, you know, like an academic type discussion, you know, not, not emotional whatsoever. Uh, just, you know, facts, uh, and, and asking for a conversation and, uh, both of them blocked me. I doubt either of them actually read the tweet that I, that I made and just blocked me based on my laser eyes (laughs) is what I'm guessing. So, so we, a good example of this also is um, that Eric Holfas guy, uh, eco-socialist, who's attacking Nick Carter, saying he's evil and violent and whatever, <laughs> which is, first of all, his tweets are so incredibly funny to me. Um, 
they're, they're just beautiful. But anyways, I reached out to him. I was, I looked at the guy. I was like, okay, his profile said he lives in my hometown. I'm going to just be a homie and be like, dude, let's grab a beer. So I reached out friendly. Hey man, let's have a beer. I think we have more in common than you might think, you know, let me know. And he turns it in this giant charade, like, okay, fine. If you Bitcoiners raise $10,000 to my charity, I'll, I'll debate you and I'll destroy your ideas live. And I was like, all right, dude, like I was just trying to grab a beer with you. I don't want the charade, whatever. And he just goes deeper and deeper and deeper in here. And he obviously doesn't want the truth, right? His opinion is steadfast. He just wants to get internet points and, you know, like signal to his group that he hates Bitcoin because he's such an eco warrior or whatever. But that there's just so much of that. The positions entrenched. There's absolutely no seeking of truth. Um, yeah, it sucks, but <laughs> fun Sorry. for us. Somebody had a really funny comment. <laughs> the Seam Telab has a new book coming out called Block Swan. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's why it was extra sad to me. I mean, his, you know, Black Swan, his book was, you know, inspirational to our names. So, I mean, whatever, uh, whatever. He'll come around eventually. Uh, everyone will. And everyone gets the price they deserve, as we've been talking about you. So I've been Black, thinking lately about, about, like, you know, when you see this kind of stuff, either responding or just thinking in your mind, like the main insult being like, what is the price that they will deserve? Like, Oh, you're, you're a 500 K person. Like you're, you're a two mil person or or maybe come around at a hundred K. And that's like the insult. If you're a two mil person, wow, that is, that is a nasty insult. We do love speculation in this community. It's a fun game to play. I I like this one. This is a new spin on it. Let's just get a list, get a list of no coiners and guess and speculate. And and we, maybe we can use atomic finance and bet on when they, when they get into the game, when they announce publicly that they're in. All right. I actually like this game a lot. Um, Hold on. Let me pull up a list. Who's who's the last person on earth who will buy Bitcoin? I mean, it's got to be somebody we know, right? Let's just assume it's somebody in the public domain. <laughs> who who that we that we know collectively uh, will be the last to buy Bitcoin? Who's the most stubborn out of all the no coiners? I mean, Peter Schiff is the most stubborn, but yeah. I mean, he, he owns it already. He definitely does. No, no. Everyone says that. He definitely doesn't. I'm not buying that for a second. I think he's that stubborn, and I don't I, I don't think it's an act. I mean, he engagement farms Bitcoiners for sure, but I don't think he's stacking. And I don't, let's not talk about him. I don't, he bothers me. <laughs> no, no. no. Yeah, make, make, me, make me sad, too. Moving on. Bad question, bad question. I have in front of me the Forbes Celebrity 100 list. Um, from various years, the 2020s. All right, let's let's see when these people will uh, will buy Bitcoin. Oh, these are some interesting people. Kylie Jenner. When will Kylie Jenner own Bitcoin? Does she already own Bitcoin? I don't give up. A- <laughs> <laughs> I think that's going to be the answer to most of these people. <laughs> anyway, I think I think we had decided to move on from this topic of conversation but uh yeah um what have you guys been thinking about lately brandon zane john like anything you've been reading that sort of sparked something uh this past month or two um any recommendations something to go check out essays or books podcasts that have really moved you in the past month or two We could I got to run in two minutes, just an FYI. Okay. So you go first then. You, you go first. 
Ah, uh, shit. Shoot. Um, <laughs> honestly, I've been spending so much of my mental power in Swanland um, in the last month or two. I've been doing a lot less external study. But I would say the thing that's catching my eye the most right now is uh, trying to figure out what Lightning Network will be in the future. Um, I don't really I'm not really a tinkerer with technology. I don't adopt things early because I want to. I like technology because it makes my life easier. And so I'm very slow to adopt things. And when I do, it's tries to be more intentional. And so I've done very little on Lightning. But when I hear this sort of grand vision of streaming money and anywhere in the world, permissionless, like invisible membrane that moves value around, that gets me super excited. Um, so that, that that's number one. Um, and then number two, I would say, is trying to understand more about energy production and how um, the my, proof of work will evolve and what are the geopolitical significance of this stuff? What is the like, is it going to be mining farms? Is it going to be backyard miners? Like all that kind of conversation, I would say, is a very big world that I don't I don't know how it's going to play. It's interesting. I was going to ask John, actually, I heard some of your conversation with Austin and I've chatted with him before as well. He's an awesome dude. I'm curious if you had any takeaways on the mining side from that conversation today that you'd want to share. Um, not nothing concrete. I mean, just I'm filling in a lot of holes when I speak to people like him as well, because it's not something I'm that familiar with. You know, I hear, you know, Marty talk about it, like I'm sure we all do. And it's a super exciting space. And to me, I just know it's like, I don't appreciate the implications yet and I'm trying to figure out what I'm supposed to be appreciating. And so it was just great to hear from him a bit more of the details about how it all works and functions and how the industry is progressing. Um, but yeah, I find that super interesting and the lightning developments are super cool too. I'm kind of with you, Brandon, like I, you know, maybe not quite as slow to adopt, but like, you know, there has to be a good reason to do so. And I think what, you know, Sphinx and now Breeze is doing with podcasting, which is obviously relevant to me, is a good reason because it's just really interesting what those platforms are now uh, allowing for. And then uh, the last thing for me is, you know, since reading that book uh, by Peterson, Maps of Meaning and having the book club, and uh, yeah, I've been familiar with his work for a long time and listened to most of his lectures, but revisiting a lot of that really just you know, the meaning of Bitcoin, that's, that, that's what I've been chewing on the most is, is, you know, which is just the galaxy brain shit that we always get cosmic about and, and talk about, but really try to put a, a little bit more clear thinking on that. Like, is there, is there something objectively meaningful or, or is there a framework that is more truthful that we should be applying to Bitcoin rather than just like, you know, all this wild rampant speculation that we always get on with? And, uh, you know, I don't, I don't have any insights to share with you right now, but, uh, I'm really enjoying that, you know, like, God, the, like the Bitcoin rabbit hole is just so gratifying, satisfying and gratifying and so deep. Like you could just, you know, stare at the wall for three hours and go off onto like a little thought bubble <laughs> and then come back and be like, that was awesome. <laughs> and then you're alone in a room by yourself, you know, that's so true. So, can confirm. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. All right, guys. I got to bounce. Great hanging with you guys. Have hey, a good Brandon. one. Hey, Brandon. Have a good weekend, man. By the way, guys, sorry if my audio was shit. I saw that message on the chat, and it turns out my input was not my mic, but my, uh, my laptop mic. So uh, I wondered about that. I hopefully it wasn't too bad. No, it wasn't too bad. Yeah. John's voice. We weren't getting that, that nice, soothing inspiring uh john podcast voice well you got it you got it fixed now what a shame
We had to listen to the content of what you were saying, not just the quality of it. So I should re- I should bring down my quality then, you know, so people focus on just yeah. purely the the content, the meaning. The content. <laughs> yeah. There's a there's a power play there. Some people do this, like when they're talking to you, they'll lower their voice. You have to listen in so that it's kind of a power move. Maybe like as a as a podcaster, maybe you could do that. So like your questions are always uh, you know slightly lower, and I don't I don't buy into that power game bullshit. But I feel like I might turn away some people if it's really annoying to listen to. <laughs> <laughs> you know, constantly change the levels, turn it up and down, turn it up and down. Yeah. What about you, Swan Crew? What are you you know chewing on these days that's getting you super jacked up about Bitcoin? Other than all the great work that you guys are doing at Swan and all the signups and you guys taking over and all that jazz. <laughs> well, Brady, yeah. we're gonna get uh, we're gonna get a, a Swan Tribe going on Sphinx, right, Brady? We are, yeah. It's long overdue, man. Long overdue. In fact, we need to get a, a Swan Lightning node set up. Uh, so I've actually kind of tapped somebody on the team to to work with to get that done. Um, and yeah, once we get that set up, I want to move, you know, set Sphinx up on on Swan. Uh, do a tribe uh it's cool man i i am i am on sphinx chat i'm in a couple of the tribes um uh are you on there john uh yeah but i haven't joined anything yet yeah it 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 should be on there it's on breeze right and i think they like it would pull from the same place if my understanding is correct yeah it is yeah yeah that's pretty cool i'm i'm hyped about that Uh, i think you know it's just the very birth of it and it's fun to be able i mean what there's like 20 podcasts on there or something you know it'd be cool to be in the you know the first you know 20 25 podcasts that are ever on this thing it has such potential uh and and to be super early it'd be you know be like one of the first people to have an email address on arpanet or something like that uh definitely a badge of honor uh, I'm excited about that. I am, uh, like Brandon said, we've been so busy in Swanland. I haven't done a ton of outside study, um, but have really, I, I did a, had a good conversation with Rodolfo actually earlier this week and I need to drop that podcast. I'm getting really bad about editing and putting out podcasts right now. Um, so hopefully at least on the citizen Bitcoin front, anyway, the Swan always takes priority. Uh, and, and it was, it was good, man. It was a really good conversation. And I, I've got to know him a bit better. Uh, and one thing I'm really enjoying is, you know, since I'm on Swan Signal, I'm talking a lot about like, you know, just focus on economics and, and Bitcoin and all that stuff. And it's kind of fun to, to be moving more in a direction on Citizen Bitcoin to get to know these Bitcoiners, right? Like, what else are you interested in? What else inspires you? What did you do as a kid growing up? Like, let's get into who you are as a person. And everybody knows that you're a Bitcoiner. Everyone knows what you think about Bitcoin and your takes and your memes and and uh, on that front. But like, let's learn a bit, little bit more about you as a Bitcoin citizen. And uh, so that's been a lot of fun. I've been really enjoying those conversations a lot. You know, that's, that's an interesting uh, point, and it's something that I've been thinking about in the Peterson context as well, and won't, won't dive too deep into it, but as he uh, does the psychological analysis of the b- biblical stories, right, and, and just kind of a meta rationale behind these stories, you know, part of it goes like humans observe their behavior for millions and millions of years, and as a result of observing behavior and seeing which behaviors benefited both the individual and the collective most optimally, em- uh, like an uh, emergent ethic, like kind of rose to the top in terms of behavior and values and stuff like that. 
And I think part of the reason why us as Bitcoiners, one, enjoy interacting with each other so well, and it also speaks to that tribal component we were talking about earlier, and why we're so interested in one another, is because I think a similar process is unfolding there. Like we, we want to know what each other are about. And then once it's kind of all out there, what we're all about, then, you know, it, it, like it all kind of gets weighed up or battles out. And, and I think like ethics begin to emerge out of the... the Yes. Yep. Character. Oh, also, we lose him. You're truth. dropping. You're dropping too much truth, man. They're censoring <laughs> you. They're censoring <laughs> you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This emerging. You're talking about an emergent ethic. I think is what you're saying. Yeah. Am I back? Yeah. You're yeah. back. Back. I'm getting a four out of ten network connection here. I don't know why. Um, no, I, I was just saying that, like, I think as a result, that, that's happening here too. And and um, yeah, that that's people call part of the reason why people characterize it as tribal. But like, I think for us, it's consistent with that uh, refinement and search for truth. Like, because it's not only about the truth of Bitcoin. Bitcoin, like in the alchemical sense, is is a a tool for discovering truth within ourselves. And then we're comparing that to the truth and character and ethic and values of the other people that we're surrounded with. And together we're tr pretty much discovering which ones are the most optimal. Yeah. And then we're, 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 we're almost being judged in how well we embody them. And like some may say like that's a purity test and it may be in certain capacities, but I think it's also a process of personal development happening on the individual level with a collective mirror as it's like tool, you know, with uh, Bitcoin and the collective around it as, as its primary tool. And, that's super fascinating, you know, and, and that's why these these human interest pieces about people in the space and learning about their backgrounds and stuff is so fascinating. Yeah. It's like in order to, to fully understand Bitcoin, you have to have self-awareness. You have to be able to dig in and see yourself and see the world for what it really is. And if you can't, then then you won't understand Bitcoin until you you drop those illusions that are around you. Um, yeah, I agree with that. Man, got me thinking now. Yeah. <laughs> it's, a, it's a good thing we didn't have uh, Gigi and uh, Robert Breedlove on this show because we would have gotten too cosmic. I would have just had to like go lie down on my couch all day and just like think. <laughs> so this was a good a good balance. <laughs> yeah, well, that's, that's what – yeah, yeah. I'm going to go stare at the wall for a couple hours after this chat. But, you know, that, that was what the – component of the alchemical search for the incorruptible substance was right it was, it was damn it here's the secret of life <laughs> <laughs> and isn't that amazing <laughs> john it's like <laughs> yeah i don't know man fuck Sorry. am i, I the, the where am happiness I? Hey, you're, I think you need to go. Am, am, am I back? Yeah, you're back. You're back. Yeah. <laughs> go, go give your modem a cold plunge and see if it comes back to life. <laughs> I don't know where I dropped out, but I'm, yeah. Uh, I, where, where did I, where did I stop? Um, you were going to tell us the secret to life, the universe. Right, universe. right. Secret of life, the universe. Got it. Um, no, the, 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 the alchemical uh, 
obsession with the incorruptible substance was not to create a substance, right? And, and, and I'm borrowing a lot of this again from Peterson, but um, was the process of purifying the individual through the, the understanding or the, or the engagement with the incorruptible substance. I mean, pretty fucking, I mean, pretty clear relationship to what's going on with Bitcoin right now, is it not? I mean, all these people coming in and through understanding what Bitcoin is and engaging with the other people doing the same, there's like a tremendous refinement even transformation. And that's literally what alchemists, you know, for hundreds of years were pursuing. So, you know, interesting parallel to say nothing of broader significance of, of that uh, phenomenon. That's all I got. That's all I got. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> Zane, Zane, let's hear from you, man. Um, so, I don't know. I, I've had the weirdest thing that's been on my mind. So when I get really busy, like little pieces of news will, will jump in and mix with things that I haven't thought about for 10 years. Um, so the thing that I've been thinking about is Beeple. Um, the not, artist, to this, the not, to take, not to take this in the direction of, of NFTs or anything, but... Um, Too late. You did. I'd, be wondering, I'd love to know if you guys think that he's he's like an accidental genius for just like shitting on what the, you know, high priests of the art world have become. Um, because I, I was thinking um, if you look back in art history, like a lot of people hate on Marcel Duchamp uh, and for good reason, if you haven't looked into it too deeply, because it's ridiculous that a urinal was in an art gallery, yeah. but the dude was a troll. Like that was his whole deal. And people mistakenly think that he was, you know, thinking that he thought that this was art and best that I used to be able to tell when I was like looking into these things, he actually didn't like he was taking the piss. He, it's, um, it's the, the act of taking the piss. That's the art. It's not the physical piece. That's the art. Um, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm with you. I can, I've, I personally, I like people's art. Like I've liked it before he like for years, like on Instagram, I've been watching his stuff. Like there's great political satire in what he does, I think, but you know, is he, I don't worth know. Worth $69 million. Well, we, we saw what happened there, though. That was not, it wasn't like wash trading. It was, um, the guy had, had like tons of other beeples also or something like that. And he was basically like, he placed this bid to raise the value of everything else he owned. It was like kind of what, what happens in the art world to begin with. Like nothing's changed. It's right. just, you know. Uh, yeah. Cause like the, the Duchampian thing, like he, um, he had, you know, he, he was sort of like a futurist cubist type of painter before the whole urinal thing and all the ready-mades. Like, you know, if, if you're a fan of things like Picasso, like you'd, you'd sort of put him in the same uh, area. And then he, he made a painting, I think, um, that was kind of an amalgamation of styles. And he submitted it to one of the salons that was, you know, it wasn't the Salon de Refusé, but it was one of those one of those salons that like prided itself on, you know, not having selection criteria and stuff like anything goes. And they like put on this huge amount of social pressure to basically get this artwork out of there. And they, they couldn't actually kick it out because they weren't allowed to. Um, but they just pissed him off enough that he took it out himself. Um, and so then he like took it to the next level with that urinal. And I just, I just wonder if like there's something similar here with people. I mean, that that price, like, what did it go through? Christie's. Yeah, Christie's. Yeah, you know, it's um, it's just been on my mind because I mean, you know, the the big like Jeff Koons balloons are a joke, but like it's just fantastic to see someone come out there and actually like I, I kind of think that maybe he is making a joke of it. 
Yeah. I, I heard, uh, you know, rumors that it was, uh, you know, just blatant money laundering, uh, and that, uh, that it was, it was bid up. Well, so it was, it was, uh, just a friend of Justin's son who ended up buying it in Singapore, (laughs) Singapore based dude. And, um, the Justin's son bid it up in an effort to like bring a bunch of attention to NFTs and help this guy launder some money because he's about to launch a big NFT thing on Tron. <laughs> I don't know, man. Conspiracy Sounds theories perfect. around, but, but it, right. It, but it is like a, a certainly very ripe. Like anytime you have a new emergent bubblish sort of sector, like, like NFTs, ripe for money laundering right it's not regulated yet there's nobody really watching it closely and you know i you know christy christie's will take their cut they're, it's not their responsibility to vet vet all this stuff out right and it's it's on a blockchain it's you know it's not in the banking system so it's a little it's definitely harder to track uh so brady why do you have uh, laser eyes on your arm did you see what was happening there <laughs> no i didn't see that <laughs> I'm, I mean, I'm about to have analog laser eyes Nice. So, <laughs> I don't know if you guys. Oh, I don't, know, I don't know if you guys saw this at the time. There was a, a lady who, um, like, after my interview with Sailor, she posted that like she was she left her car in neutral to get out and open a gate while she was listening to the pod. So she was like not paying attention, and her car rolled down that. a hill into a tree. I saw that. And uh, so that was her, she messaged me a while back and. She's sending me, she made like physical glasses with like red lights on the lenses. And so she's uh, sending me a pair. I haven't received them yet, but you'll know when I do for sure. Are you going to be in Miami? Uh, I'm not sure yet. Okay. Well, we were, we were just talking about this this week that we wanted to get some, some laser eye glasses to give out at the conference and try to figure that out. So I found some already. I just don't know if they'll work well in like sunlight. Like they might only work in like in the dark. Yeah. Even so, that might be kind of still might be cool. That's awesome. Yeah, it might be hard to get ones that work in sunlight. All right. Well, speaking of parties and fun, I want to. I want to. You know, we can wrap this up uh, soonish. But I wanted to. Uh, let's see. Ask John about this. Oh, I'm, I'm still I'm still screen sharing. Here we go. Swan yacht. The swan yacht. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. The swan yacht. I don't know where my swan yacht went. Uh, it went away when I was. Is that a real it. thing? It looked like a rendering. Yeah, it's a concept. It's a concept right. thing. A swan yacht. Uh, so yeah, I mean, I, I think I think that we need to make this happen. I think if we get on top of it now, uh, sailor can oh, make this make hell this. Concept, yes. Make this, this is amazing. Guys, Corey's good for it. Like, just hit him up. Be like, yo, Corey, we need this yacht for you know promotional purposes for Swan. I think we're at that level now where we can use this as a, as a rational expense, right? It's a reasonable expense. Reasonable. To host parties and, and get people on board the Swan. I mean, what could be Obvious. a better way to do that? Look yeah. at this. It's freaking epic. <laughs> right? Like, look at that. We have parties up top. Like, yeah. Does that thing launch into the water? Like, Is that like a separate boat on top? Uh, it looks like no, but it swivels apparently in the design. Uh, the designer uh, did go to the back of the Swan. Reggie, look, there's a little helicopter pad there. Yeah, uh, standard, standard, yeah, standard, standard issue. I think, uh, I think, yeah, we'll get a Swan to go halvesies with Sailor, maybe, uh, <laughs> because he definitely needs he definitely needs another yacht. He only has five. 
And mm. I'm guessing he could probably sell a couple of those, you know, plow that money into this baby and, uh, you know, upgrade. So, uh, you know, let's Mike, I know you like to watch this show, Michael. So, uh, you know, it's, it's your end of the week sort of, uh, wind down and, uh, we appreciate you always watching. So, uh, we're gonna, we're gonna give you a ring about this, uh, you know, Monday morning. Let's, uh, let's end talk. of cycle spending right there. Exactly. Top of cycle spending right there. <laughs> exactly. Um, Michael's yeah, I mean, going to be here at the conference, correct? Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know for so sure, I don't know for sure but I'm, I'm guessing. Do you know what a, a palanquin is? Do you know what that is? Hold on. Let me see. Is that like a clown or something? Kind of. Hold on. Let me show Not you. Not the Harlequin. Never mind. Yeah, no, it's a, you'll recognize it. Give me a second. Uh, let me find a good image. It's one of these things. It's, uh, no, hold on. Give me two seconds, two seconds. One, two. All right, hold the on. The clock, clock says 1954 now. Hold on, okay, one second. Let me share a screen. Application window, there we go. It's one of these things. He's going to be carried around at the conference on one of these things, a palanquin. The plebs are going to appropriate appropriate no i think the plebs will want to be the ones on top and like yeah yes yeah. the, the blue check marks just like holding them walking walking down. <laughs> now that's the way it's got to be that is the way it's got to be <laughs> all right too. it's gonna be an, it's gonna be an interesting conference it's gonna be interesting to see the dynamic because Bitcoin is so much bigger than it was and there's going to be plebs, there's going to be billionaires, there's going to be everyone in between and it's going to be glorious. So I'm here for it. All right, John, I hope you come. It's going to be good stuff. I think the four of us will all be there, right? Zane, you're going, right? No, I don't think so. Oh. Shame. 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 Shame on you. No, no, no. I've got um, I've got big life things happening that week, so uh, I think I'm going to be stuck. All right, mm. big block boom then, because that's yeah. in, your neck, oh, yeah. in your neck of the woods. Yeah, yeah. We'll see you there for that for sure. Nice. All right, shall we do some Swan Force Fridays? I think it's time. It's time for Swan Force Fridays. Uh, John, I, I don't know if you've done one of these yet. Um, the the Bitcoin pitch. Yes, maybe you've done one of them. I, I think, think I've done, done one. Yeah. All right. Give us a second. Uh, we're going to make Zane go first because uh, he's new to the show. Naturally. <laughs> so, Zane, what we what we ask everyone to do here is to tell us who you're going to pitch. It could be anyone from the prime minister of New Zealand to your best friend to whoever you like. And then we put 60 seconds on the clock and we ask you to give us your best Bitcoin pitch. Who are you going to pitch today? Um, I'm going to pitch the Prime Minister of New Zealand. <laughs> Fantastic. I love it. I love it. All right. In three, two, one. Jacinda, let's be honest. We've got a problem in New Zealand with the country being closed to the outside. Our main exports are tourism and dairy. The ships <laughs> aren't getting in. The tourists aren't getting in. But what we can do is export information. Now, there is a significant amount of energy being generated in the bottom of the South Island uh, at the Tyree Point. Uh, Rio Tinto is withdrawing their aluminium smelter 
and you've got a problem on your hands because that's a huge area of employment for the country. We need to turn this into a Bitcoin mine. We need to be getting Bitcoin onto the treasury and running Bitcoin as the center of the New Zealand digital economy. Boom, with 15 seconds to spare. You've thought about this before. This Print easy. it, send it to Janet. Is that her name? <laughs> Janet. Jacinda. I can lean into Janet. <laughs> Be a good Janet. Uh, all right, John. Thank you, Zane. That was great. John, you are up next. Who would you like to pitch today? Who would I like to pitch? Anybody. Everybody. No Everybody? one in particular. All right. We can go. We can roll with that. In three, two, one. Buy Bitcoin, your life gets cheaper and better. Don't buy Bitcoin, your life gets more expensive and worse. Join or die. That was really hardcore. Excellent. If you end it after with, with more than 30 seconds to spare, I'm just going to leave the clock up there. We're going to look at you awkwardly while the clock runs down. That's the rule. Stare at the cool. wall and think about Bitcoin. Cool. I'm good yeah. with that. <laughs> All right. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Would anyone else like, like to go today? Brady, you want to give, do the dawn of the Bitcoin renaissance in 60 seconds or less? I, I want to hear some pitches from the Swan team. You know, you're, you're, this is what you do. You pitch Bitcoin. So I want to hear how tight your pitches are. Uh, they're not bad. They're not bad. Who's up? All right, Who's well, up? let's give you each a minute and we'll see how, how bad they are. <laughs> <laughs> All, right. All right, here we go. Who am I going to pitch? I don't know. Let me, I'll just do the general pitch also. All right, folks, listen up. You work your asses off. You work hard to save money, to provide for your future, maybe for your family, for even just for yourself, you know? And the reality is no matter how hard you work, you're going to have to pay taxes and the government is stealing from you. They're not even, they're, and they're doing it in a hidden way. It's the worst part. You work, they print money. And the more money they print, the more time that they steal from you. They are devaluing your sweat, blood, and tears with every dollar that they print. And there is nothing you can do about it except buy Bitcoin because no one can mess with Bitcoin. Nobody can print more Bitcoins. It is money that no one can fuck with, people. We're going to bleep that out in post. So buy Bitcoin. Take control of your <laughs> Sign up with my referral link at swanbitcoin.com slash bvbtc and uh, have a nice weekend. That's my pitch today. Very nice. Very nice. I like the energy. Yeah. it's. Uh, I need to tighten it. I need to work on it. Camilla, you feel like doing a pitch today? Yeah, I'll go for it. Hold on, I have an idea. Will you will you pitch some Instagram influencers given you were at the influencer mansion in LA yesterday? Oh my god! Yeah. I, I get, got up and gave a speech, and it was like, it's like when like they bring someone in at to like talk to students at a school or something. They just don't. You should have recorded it. I hope I hope you recorded it. <laughs> I think, oh yeah, I have one recorded. 
I did. And I'm going to make like a small video of our experience throughout all of that because it was definitely like being in another and world. Then, and then put the whole awkward pitch up also. Like I want to see what, Bre- what Brecky was just talking about. That was a useful, separate video. I think it was a good pitch. I just think they. Well, I know. I'm sure you did a good job, but you know, I you painted the great, the perfect picture. Like when someone comes in to talk to the class, and everyone's just like bug-eyed, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I want to see it. Yeah, everyone's just—it's like a wall. It was just like—it was interesting, but I killed it. It was amazing. I definitely plan on sharing it. So yeah, let me let me pitch to these. TikTok, Instagram influencers. I love it. All right. In uh, do you want to do a fifteen second TikTok or a sixty second TikTok? That was a bad joke. Just yeah. okay. Yeah. <laughs> There's no in between, right? <laughs> All right. In three, two, one. All right, guys. So you guys are living the life. You have all of the fancy things, fancy cars, fancy parties, a whole bunch of followers that are just looking up to you. At the end of the day, though, you guys have to realize that you guys are really young. And what happens is that people get old. We're all going to get old. So if you're not preparing yourself for the future, it is a huge mistake. You need to start preparing for your future right now. And the best way to do that is to just stack some Bitcoin, stack some sats. Hold on to them because they're for a long-term goal. This is a long-term thing. And just prepare for your future. If you're using dollars for your future, that's a huge mistake since a lot of dollars are being printed. And the value of the dollar lessens a lot. We did give these guys some, we made them billionaires and gave them some of these notes yesterday just to show them what happens when the government messes with your money. So if you don't want this to America and you want to protect yourself, better buy some Bitcoin stats and sats because this is it. This is the future. Let's go. That's our social media manager, everyone. All right. Bam. That's how you do it. Influence the influencers. Yeah. All right, Brady. Close us out. Tell us about the dawn of the Bitcoin renaissance or, or whatever you want. Your pitch. Yeah, um, I will. Yeah, I'll just do a general one as well, like John did. All right, in three, two, one. Money is the foundation of civilization. It allows us to communicate our needs, our wants, our desires across space, across time, and allow other people to solve those needs, those wants, and those desires, provide solutions into the civilization for us to take advantage of, and improves the quality of life of humanity stacks technologies on top of one another. And that's how we got to where we are today. Now our money is broken and you can feel it. That, that sense that there's an unfairness in the world when it comes to money. Now the rich are getting richer and everybody else is just stagnant. And that plays out in the data too. It's a real thing. What you're feeling. What's awesome now is that we have a way out. We have an, an option that we can get out of this system of broken money and we can rebuild society. It's called Bitcoin. And it is essentially the opposite of the kind of money that we have now. It is real money. And it is something that we can build upon and have a brighter future. And I encourage you to check it out, learn about it, just buy a little bit 
and just get started. And you go to swanbitcoin.com and start stacking right now, and we'll help teach you about what Bitcoin is along the way. <laughs> Boom, yeah. baby. I'm stacking. I'm stacking right now. It was good, Brady. I gave you a little extra time, so you could definitely work on the tightness of it. But uh, yeah, it yeah, I do. I need to work on the. Well, I can, I can go on. You just, you get, yeah, you got passionate, and you just want to continue giving giving the facts of why this is a real thing. Yeah, <laughs> uh, that's fun. Ah, damn, I love Bitcoin. It's gonna be a, uh, it's gonna be a good weekend. We're back above fifty four k, so all the people freaking out that we crashed down to fifty can rest a little easier this weekend. I know it's, I know it's hard when you're new, uh, you know. So I get that. Um, but I think there's gonna be some fireworks in April and May. Let's let's get this thing back on the road. I'm personally enjoying this this little break here. Uh, because things get even crazier for everyone working on, you know, who's selling Bitcoin, <laughs> as, as uh, I know Zane can attest to, especially um, well, working on onboarding all those businesses, man. The corporate, the corporate Bitcoin standard, it's happening, and Zane knows uh, knows it all too well at this point. He's been onboarding these entities. The rumors are true. It's going through the roof, hey? It's um, it's crazy. Yeah, it is crazy. Well, Matt O'Dell's saying 200k by conference day. <laughs> and I was trying to tell him that 500k also rhymes with conference day. So who knows? Folks? Who knows? Um, I think that's it for today. John, where can everyone find the Rapid Fire podcast? Tell everyone where to find you. Well, it's I guess up on Sphinx and Breeze now, which is cool, and all the normal places. And uh, yeah, if you want to get at me, uh, I'm on Twitter. That's the best place. And uh, thank you guys for uh, having me again. It's always fun. Love hanging yeah. out with you guys. Good to see you, man. Open invite, sir. Uh, Zane, do you want people to bother you on Twitter or no? Sure. Yeah, if they want to. Zane Facebook <laughs> on Twitter. Um, that's probably the main place. I, I used to do a whole lot more writing. I'll see if I get some more time for that. We would we would all like to, to see some of that, definitely. Uh, you know Camilla, you know Brady, you know me, so I, I don't – think we need to get into who we hold are. on i do want to i do want to say you can go to uh is it orange pill newsletter is that what it is zane orange pill orange pill daily dose.com all right so you y'all y- 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 probably know that max kaiser and stacy herbert do the orange pill podcast well we've been working with them uh to launch a newsletter called the orange pill daily dose orange pill daily dose.com and uh, zane is the author of of these newsletters and they're freaking hilarious uh, obviously inspired by you know the Max and Stacy brand, which is you know of course the the source of the hilarity. But Zane just you know just puts this stuff together in such a great way. Uh, so check that out; it's a lot of fun. It's a way to I mean it drops every morning, mid morning, and yeah, it'll it'll make you laugh for sure. You need a little something in the middle of your morning. It's like the daily vitamin everyone should that is in bitcoin you get up in the yeah. morning that vitamin, and you should be super bullish for the rest of the day it's true it, it's definitely the the zaniest newsletter oh <laughs> shit you better turn it off turn off the stream i've never heard that i gotta i gotta go guys i really gotta <laughs> <See> go <later. laughs> uh, i am sorry for that everyone all right i'm, I'm gonna do the ending spiel and then we're gonna we're gonna shut this down you guys <laughs> Thank you, everybody, for joining us. Thank you for watching us. If you're watching the stream, smash that like button before you go. Come on, just hit the smash button. 
uh, go to swanbitcoin.com and start stacking with us today. We have instant buys. We have recurring buys. We have up to 80% lower fees than Coinbase. We have real people in customer service that you can talk to. You can DM me on Twitter and I will probably respond if you're not shilling me an altcoin. Um, what else? We've got the referral program at swanbitcoin.com slash enlist. Get paid to recruit new Bitcoiners. We are on Clubhouse all the time. Join Cafe Bitcoin. We are having uh, some amazing conversations there from beginner Bitcoin Q&As to our Wednesday show with the team over at Lightning Labs called The Lightning Lab. Uh, we go real deep into the Lightning Network. It's always fun. Um, I think that's all I got for today, folks. Have a great weekend. Go stack some stats. Don't look at the price too much. You know where it's going in the long term. That's all that matters. So, oh, wait, 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 wait. I want to I hammer home the, uh, the referral program, not just because you can get paid to recruit Bitcoiners, but Bitcoin's making the world a better place, folks. You know that. I know that. Go out there. Talk to people. Just convert one person this weekend. That's it. Just pick up the phone and call that friend of yours who, you know, who you, someone you like, you know, call someone you like who you want to get into Bitcoin, who you think can benefit from Bitcoin, which is basically everybody, and get them on Swan, swanbitcoin.com slash enlist. Grab your referral link and your custom page and get paid to recruit the people you're already recruiting. All right, I'm done talking. I've uh, been talking too much. Thank you again for joining us from the team at Swan. We love you very much and we will see you next time. On behalf of the SWAN team, thanks for joining us. We hope you enjoyed this episode of SWAN Lounge, the SWAN Signal podcast. It's fun to join us live on the YouTube broadcast at youtube.com slash swansignal. Head over there, subscribe, and turn on notifications. We have a lot of fun in the live chat, and we often work in some questions from listeners. SWAN Signal is a production of SWAN Bitcoin at swanbitcoin.com, the best way to accumulate Bitcoin. Follow us on Twitter at swanbitcoin. And subscribe to the podcast at swansignalpodcast.com.